Hallelujah. Praise God. The way some of us are looking, I don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't understand. Hallelujah. All right. I, I want us to do something. I want us to appreciate Pastor Victor. I mean, what, what he did was a huge research work just to train us. Hallelujah. So what he did is a huge, it was a huge research work. So I want us to really appreciate him one more time. Can, can we just appreciate him? Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for your labor of love. It can only be love that can make a man do such a powerful research just to teach us. We're not paying any money. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. And thank you to the church for organizing this meeting. Thank you, Pastor Lou, for yesterday's session. Thank you, Pastor Efine, for yesterday's session. I mean, it's a whole lot of sessions we're going to be having. And before we sit down, I want to sing a song very quickly. Um, they are going to help us to put it up, um, the lyrics. I don't know if you know it, but for those who knows it, please listen. It's a hymn. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice. So I want us to sing it with love, with excitement, with joy in our heart very quickly. And then we'll go into what we're teaching today. Hallelujah. Do you know it? Um, choir. All right. Please put it on the, on the board. Father, I will thank you for all that you've done for us. And it, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's glorious. We can sing them in song. We can write them in poems. And we can talk about them. Oh, God, we, we are grateful for all you've done for us. Everything, the whole transaction is done. Done once and for all. And you give us all that we need for life and godliness through the sacrifice of your son. Father, we bless you because you teach us more and more to dwell upon this fact and, and this truth and these realities that we may live our lives in accordance to that which you have done and not that we want to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Let's have our seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, can we open our scriptures to John chapter 3? John chapter 3 from verse 1. We'll be reading John chapter 3 from verse 1. We'll talk about the life of a believer. Evangelism, then um, sub, subtitled the life of a believer. Hallelujah. So John chapter 3, very quickly, let's open. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you are doing if God were not with him. Was Nicodemus correct? Yeah. Was he correct? Quickly. No, he wasn't. He said no one can perform the signs that you are performing, except God was with him. But and several people have performed different signs in history, and they were not from the Lord. They were not from God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, this is very important because I want you to follow this very closely because we're talking about evangelism. What you need to know before you go out to evangelize. It's easy to do, I mean, to quote what Nicodemus said. And look at Jesus' response. Can we continue? He says, no one... I wanted to just mention two, two scriptures that showed us that there are some people who have done signs. Revelation 13 and verse 11, verse 13 to 14. We saw the dragon who was doing different signs, but he is not of God. 
praise God. We saw um, we saw the lawless one who performed the signs in the book of First and Second Thessalonians. So when Nicodemus said, "No one can do signs except he is or God was with him," that's not totally correct. Amen. Are we following? Because this is very important to what you will say. Because many of us go out, we talk about so many things that are not the gospel, and then we think that after those encounters, a man is going to be born again. As a matter of fact, so many people are in church, they are not yet born again because they don't even know what it means to be born again. So what Nicodemus was saying here is that you're doing all these things. You turn water into wine. Wow! You raise the lame and the dead and all. And so because of that, God must have been with you or you must have been a very powerful man. You are, in fact, maybe... I don't know what to call you. So he came to Jesus on that particular premise. Praise God. And then look at Jesus' response. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Hallelujah. Can you see that? No one can see the... I mean, look at Nicodemus' question. Look at Jesus' response. It doesn't look... I mean, it's just like if I come to meet Pastor Fred, I say... Wow, you have been doing great, great, great signs on this island. And wow, you are such a man of God. The response he would give is, you know, to be humble, he would say, ah, we bless God, all glory to God. Do, do we get what we're saying? That's a response that is understandable. Or he should say something like, ah, well, we've done prayers. If he wants to be a boastful kind of minister, we've done a lot of prayers, you know. And so all these things are not surprised. I'm not surprised about them. That's another response that can be understandable. But Jesus Christ, I mean, responded sharply with something powerful, something real. No one can see the kingdom of God except he is born again. Hallelujah. And why, why, why will Jesus respond that way? As a, as a preamble, I just wanted to say this, right? We, we must be, I think I mentioned it on Sunday, right? We must be vulnerable. All of us have to be vulnerable to something. Either you like it or not. It's that you are vulnerable to one boy that does not know God there. I mean, it's just, maybe he has pressed one button for you. And then you are, you are anything he says, even if it's wrong, you say, uh-huh. You understand what I'm saying? We are all vulnerable to something. We are vulnerable to our experiences, our, our background and everything. And I want to tell you that in this meeting and beyond, learn to, you know, open yourself up to the word of God. Be vulnerable to the word. Let the word, vulnerability means, it's okay if you see my weakness. It's okay if you shed a light upon my weakness. Praise God. Do you understand what we are saying? Now, so many Pharisees knew about Jesus, but only Nicodemus was recorded, came to really ask him questions. That is a kind of vulnerability, actually. Praise God. Because he wanted to know a truth. So many people attend near his Christian fellowship, believers on this island who have seen catatismos, right? But then, few came to listen. That is a level of what? openness and vulnerability, a, an interest in knowledge. And essentially, your life, your whole life is an experience of what you know or do not know. Praise God. So if you, if you have a poor understanding of something, you are going to live in the reality of that thing, even though it's wrong. And in fact, you can be a, just like Paul, do you know how Paul, when he was Saul, was serious about being a Pharisee? You need to go and study that. This man was diligent. If he was sleeping, he can wake up, you know, in the zeal to serve God. 
to go and kill a, a believer. Yet it was not according to knowledge. Hallelujah. So many of us have zeals that are not according to knowledge. And that's why we are here to understand, to know more, to have better understanding of who we are in Christ. To have better understanding of how our ministry is or what it is. Hallelujah. We must be vulnerable to God and his word. We must give ourselves to his plans and ability in reckless, for, I mean, reckless abandon, reckless yieldedness. Amen. You must be willing to say, okay, if it, is the God, if it is God saying it, teaching the gospel here, I will listen. Even though I may have questions, I will pay attention. You know, Pastor Olu was talking about looking consistently to the law, right? Yesterday. So it's important that I will keep looking. I will keep looking. And that's why I had to dig out that hymn, for example, because these are people in their time. Some of them in error wrote some hymns, some lines. Why some of them? Because of understanding. They understand what they got. This man said, nothing can stop that one. The transaction is done. And then it looks like when you preach, when you preach the eternal gospel, eternal security gospel in the church, you know, they tell you, you are saying um, something, you forget the ancient landmark. This, this hymn was written anciently. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's what line I use for my, for my, in the church at home. And I, I read a book by our, our late Geo. He wrote it, I mean, some of his preachings, they, they, they termed it ancient landmark. So what I did is I read it from front to back. I read it quite a number of times. So anytime they say, you are leaving the ancient landmark, I quote the book that they named ancient landmark that was preached by Geo. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So this is very important. Like the knowledge we have is what determines the experience we will have. Even as a Christian, we see many people don't, they, they, they are believers today. Tomorrow, you ask them questions. They are out of faith in the, in, the, in the context of gathering with the believers because they are offended by something that does not have any base at all in the world. So we must be vulnerable to, to understand, to learn the word of God. We must be yielded to knowing what God is really saying. What does it mean to be a believer? And that's why I love the teachings we have with Pastor Victor. Some of us cannot even say something about what we believe. Now, if you are serious about this faith, you need to know about this faith. Hallelujah. If you are serious about the faith, you need to what? Know about the faith. And recently I've been thinking, even in the natural world, people who are serious about what they want, get what they want. They are not toast and fro. Uh, toe and fro. Hallelujah. So, we must be like Nicodemus who asked the questions. Even though his answer, his comment, his initial comment was not so correct. No man can do this thing except God was with him. But we saw demons. We saw people who are not of God. Even today, right now, you, I don't know if you came from places where you have herbalists, right? People who can conjure things. I used to have friends, you know. I, I think I've mentioned it in church before, you hear me? He told me, I mean, they did charms. When you cut them with cutlass, it's not going to enter. So, if I should now see that, I should say, oh, no man can do this thing except God was with him. Except he is born again. No, he wasn't born again. He was distorting reality with something that is not of God. Do, do we understand what I'm saying? Yemil told me that he's going to tell the rain to stop. So he said it. And he, he made the incantation. I don't want to say it into the mic because it's recorded. <laughs> but then he told me I will never remember the incantation after then. But even till today, I remember. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But what do I want to say? Of a truth, when he said the rain to stop, the rain stopped. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So, it will be wrong for us to say, oh, because this person can do this, he is a believer. Because this person is wearing uh, Agbada on, you know, he's a Christian. I mean, if you grew up in my side of Nigeria, you know, I, mean, I used to remember when I was young, when we were talking to my mom, and then when she sees a woman, the way she dressed, I must say, ah, she's a true believer. <laughs> Do you understand what we are talking about? Right, so, Nicodemus came. He said, no man can do this except he is. But then God, Jesus told him something that is very important. Hallelujah. He said what? Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again? Nicodemus asked. That's another vulnerability. You know, Nicodemus could have heard that and said, this is heresy and go away. He was a Pharisee. Amen. But he asked a question. How can a man be born again? And Jesus Christ mentioned again. I mean, this is law of repetition. I mean, it's being repeated because it's important. And he said, truly, truly, I tell you, except you are born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Now, we're going to be looking at these scriptures from verse 1 to around verse 27. Because most of the time, we often stop here. Because we think that's the response that Jesus Christ gave to Nicodemus. But Jesus Christ explained, even to verse 16. Verse 16 of, of, of John chapter 3 that we quote often today was still a response of Jesus to Nicodemus. A clarity of what it means to be born again. A clarity of what is really the problem of man. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do we understand what we're saying? So because these things are very important. These things are very, very important. Alright, so we're going to start from where? Um, what we need to see or how we need to see God. How we need to see God. We need to see God from the lenses of the scriptures. From the proper interpretations and understanding of the scriptures. Hallelujah. We need to see God from what? The proper interpretation and understanding of the scriptures. Number one, we must not see Jesus just as a great teacher or healer. We have quite a number of such men and women in history. If everything about Jesus is because he could heal, there's no big deal about him. Hallelujah. If everything about Jesus is for the fact that he could feed the 5,000, 5,000, I don't need a miracle to feed the 5,000. All I need to do is do some trading, make some big money in crypto and feed them. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But there's more to him. But people were looking at it from something else, from a spectacle that is different. And that is why Jesus Christ, he was teaching yesterday. That's why Jesus Christ asked them, Okay, if they say I'm one of the prophets, because obviously that's how Nicodemus saw him here. He's one of the prophets. Those who God is in their corner. You understand? Even today, some people believe that some people are closer to God than other people. You understand? They say, and even my dad, once in a while, when we're having conversation, I hear some string of this line of thought. For example, when I want to get married or when I'm thinking of who to get married to, I say, oh, I found a wonderful babe, you know, but then she's not from Nigeria. And this and that. My dad said, ah, hey, you know, they first gave some things that were concerns to them. And then lastly, they said, okay, just send us a name. Let's go and pray. You understand what I'm saying? I said, no, 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 no. You know, and I begin to teach them again. These are the things they taught us. You are teaching them back. Because in the place of fear, people forget what they know. If it's not yet grounded in you. Hallelujah. And that's why we are here. That's why we are here, to ground the gospel fact in you. Nothing can change the gospel fact. 
Even my life challenges cannot change the gospel fact. It's a fact. It's something that is done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do, do we understand? And then I will hear him say, I understand what you are saying, Kola, but there are some people. It's just how God has done it for them. I said, no. Do, do we get what we are talking about? So this is how people were seeing Jesus then. Is this person who is very close to God, who, you know, he can, he can just do something. But he's more than that. He was more than that. Hallelujah. And that's what we saw in Matthew chapter 16. Who do you say that I am? Because it's, I can take it if other people don't know who I am. But I cannot take it if you, the disciples, don't know who I am. Hallelujah. Because if you don't know who I am, then the legacy of the gospel will die. Do we get what, what, what we just said? The same thing, I cannot take it. I mean, I can take it if every other person in Lefkosia does not know who Jesus is. But I can't take it to know that you, who are in this fold, in this household, taking your time to come to church, yeah, will not know who Jesus really is. I can't take it that you will pass through us right now and you go back to your country and you will not have the right understanding of who Jesus is. Because this will affect so many things. It will affect the way you live your life. It will affect the way you face life challenges. This is a reality that will happen to us all. Because we are, I mean, it's one of the things we will talk about, right? How did all this problem happen? Why are we faced with so much tribulations? You understand? Why do I have to, I, I trade, so why do I have to trade and lose money? <laughs> you understand what I'm trying, what I'm talking about? But then, if I don't know who Jesus is, you know, in that point, I remember when um, a friend was here, let me not mention his name, he's from Zimbabwe. So that time when we were trading, he would say, move up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But the market will refuse to move up. It will take his money away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if he doesn't know who Jesus is, he will probably attach, because that's how some of us have been taught. We've been taught a gospel of wants and needs. Not the true gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I said, many men did that in history. A lot of men. We must see Jesus as a great savior, not as a great teacher or as a great healer. Amen. We must see him as a what? As a savior. A great savior. Because only one person, only one man, one human personality was that. Became that. Hallelujah. I wrote it. I said what? Only one can save a man and that is God. And God only did it through one man. Amen. Pastor Lou was talking about the becoming yesterday. Yahweh, right? Becoming. Only one man. It cannot be many men. If he was going to become a man, it has to be one man. So if many men can do that thing, it is not the job of a savior. Hallelujah. Do we get what I'm saying? So it's not the job of a savior. So when I go to preach the gospel, for example, we still talk about that. What should you say? I shouldn't be talking about the things that many men can do. You know, we've given an example of a pastor in Nigeria whom his member or his worker wanted to preach to him and then he brought that flyer. And what they wrote there is God is able to do this, give you a nice car and all. And he said, if this is what your God can do, I can do better. That is not the gospel. If any other man can do it, it's not the gospel. Do we, do we get what we're talking about? Please, I want you to follow this narrative. It's very important. Hallelujah. So, only one, only one can save a man, and that is God. 
And only one way can he save a man, that he become a man to save him. And it's just one man. There is a difference between a faith in his person and a faith in his ability. Please write that down. This is very important. You know, because we read it in the Bible, we may, we may get it a little bit wrong. You understand? The book of Mark, for example, is full of people who believe in Jesus' ability, but not his person. Praise God. What he did for them, for example, in that book of Mark, is not a saving grace. It's not the redemptive salvation that we are talking about. Some of them, many of them, as a, as a matter of fact, came for what to eat. The 5,000, for example. Hallelujah. And when it's time for the real salvation to be taught, they will go away. When, most of the time when they come back, it's not because of the word of God, the person of Jesus. It's because of the ability of Jesus to provide their daily bread. Hallelujah. If you are pursuing Jesus because of daily bread, you've not started. Praise God. Because it's the wrong pursuit. Because very soon you will crash. Amen. And when I say you will crash, I'm not saying you will lose your salvation. But you will crash. You will just be there. You will not know anything. I mean, so even once more it is. It is that is not experienced. Will come and wound you. <laughs> I don't know if you've met an experienced atheist. Just like Dan Brown, that Pastor Victor is talking about. He's so not experienced. Because some of the argument he was giving, you know, they were arguments you would give to exploit. Hallelujah. You can't give it to. And that's why you should not be here. You cannot have understanding of the word. It's wrong. Hallelujah. It's, it's like somebody who spent six years in medical school and does not know how to. What's the smallest thing a medical doctor would do? Alfred. Eh? He doesn't know how to give injection, how to take blood. You know, that one is the worst part. I've gone to a place before. I wanted to take blood for a test. And the person had to choke me like three times or something. To get, it's wrong. So what is he doing in school? You understand what I'm trying to say? So why are you a believer if you don't know what is faith? There is a difference between the faith in his person and the faith in his ability. What saves a man is a belief on his person. And this is what we must tell the people. Hallelujah. What saves a man? What will save a, a Rwandese is what will save an American. And it's the same thing that will save somebody from Liberia. And what is that thing? A faith in his person. Let's read Romans chapter 10 very quickly. And then we'll come back to, to John. Very quickly, can we all open Romans chapter 10? From verse 8, I'll read to verse 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we, pre we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Now, what do you declare? The Lordship of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Messiahship of what? Of Jesus. Amen. And believe in your heart. It's not the healing power of Jesus. Are we getting what we are trying to string out right now. It's not the ability of Jesus to make you a billionaire. Because there are several people that can make you a billionaire. Just go and be with them for one month. There are some people if you are with them for one month, you'll be a billionaire. For example, if I were to have a, an opportunity, you know, so several questions they ask online. Uh, one hour with Elon Musk and two million dollars. Which one will you choose? 
You understand? You know, it's a, it's a question you need to think about. You need to think about, okay, why is that meeting going to be with Elon Musk? Who is introducing me to Elon Musk? Because an introduction to Elon Musk, in fact, one show with Elon Musk can make you a millionaire in multiple millions. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there are some people that just a relationship with them, one day relationship with them will fetch you millions. Why some people is thousands? There are some people, public speaker, for example, who are not, who are not believers, right? If you just come on their show one day, Anybody who is inviting you for another show will be seeing you in the light of that person and they will pay you big. Do you understand what we are saying? So, it is this one that is important. Hallelujah. Alright, I think I mentioned it earlier. The book of Mark is more of people's experience with his ability and power to give, heal, and deliver them from the demonic oppression they were facing, right? Not really the, to light up their lives with the gospel of Jesus. John chapter 1 and verse 9 to 12. We've read that before. And before we go there, let's see, let's see, um, let me just finish reading what I wrote here. For it is with your heart you believe and, and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved. Hallelujah. That is it. That is what saves a man. Anything other than that is just an addendum. Maybe that is necessary. You understand? It may be necessary. We are not saying it's not necessary. Amen. All right, let's go back to John chapter 1. I just want to read that verse 1 to 9. Pastor Lou read it yesterday, but at 9 to, 9 to 12, I'm just going to read it because the more we read this thing, the more it enters. Amen. John chapter 1, 9 to 12, I'll read. This is not what these people, many of them in the book of Mark, believed. What they believed is the ability part. The ability part, which any man can do. You and I right now, we are not the Savior, Jesus Christ, but we can heal the sick. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now, if, imagine me casting out devils and I start calling myself the son of God. In that sense, you understand? I'm not talking of, yes, I, I am a son. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called what? The sons of God. But then I'm not talking of um, being sons of God. I'm talking of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do we understand that? So, let's see um, John chapter 1, verse 9. The true light, only one person. I want you to always, you know, sometimes when you read your Bible, you underline, you write on top, only one person can answer this. Guru Maharaji. Okay, some of you don't know Guru Maharaji. He's a, he's a, what we call him now? He's a guru in Nigeria, right? He's one of the major Nigerian gurus. Guru Maharaji is not the savior. Praise God. None of them is the savior. In fact, the ability to do, to distort reality is not only found in Christian faith. You can distort reality by understanding how the mind works. Praise God. I will get what we are saying. Alright, so let's not, let's stop, let's stop elevating that as if it's something beyond norm. A.W. Toza said something that I won't forget. He said, money is not God. Let's stop treating money as if it's God. Hallelujah. But then, let's come back here. Say the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And that was why the physical or the, the, the historical fact of Jesus' humanity is important. Right? Because at that time, he was just like them. Pastor Victor was mentioning, he ate. He probably defecated. You know, Pastor Adeboye said one time that he, he, he wanted to use the toilet. And somebody said, sir, do you use the toilet? 
You know, I mean, that was a funny question. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ's, Jesus Christ's humanity is there, but only one human can stand in that position of the Christ. Hallelujah. And so, that one man came, and they did not know him. He came to, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right. Now, to all who do what? Receive him. There has, there has to be a reception of him. Him means personality, his person. Amen. His person. I mean, this, this, this thing is the same with everything. Many people are given property. Some boys give ge girls a lot of money, but they don't give them themselves. You understand? So you can get somebody's property and not the person. Amen. Do, do we get what I'm saying? So who we want to, what we want of God is not the property. It's him. Understanding him so that we can carry that reality. And when we understand him, when he's revealed, like he said yesterday, we will be revealed. We will understand ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, let's go back to, to John chapter 3. That's where we're studying. See, over the century, people have taught different things to be the purpose of man. Pleasure. Education. Different things. If you do studies upon what is the purpose of man, different people have given different reasons why man is existing. In fact, some philosophers say man does, is not existing for nothing. You understand? <laughs> you know, when somebody is frustrated, they are like, why are we even in this world? I don't know. Some of you have said that before, right? But now I'm going to tell you why you are in this world. Hallelujah. You are in this world to know God and to worship him. You are in this world to know God and to tell the world about him. Hallelujah. That's why we are here. We all have a ministry. Ephesians chapter 4 that we have been reading. For the equipping of the saints. We are equipped. We have to be equipped in our knowledge of him. Because our knowledge of him is what we drive our own ministry. That is how we know ourselves. We know ourselves by knowing him. We know ourselves what? By knowing him. When we know him truly. Hallelujah. If we truly do not know him, then we, could, we cannot know our true self. No wonder Jesus asked in Matthew chapter 16, where Pastor Lou was reading yesterday, can we just open very quickly? And he, he mentioned some of the things there, really. But can we open it very quickly, Matthew chapter 16? Jesus Christ asked them, so who do you say that I am? And one response, one response. You see the response here, compare it with the response in, with Nicodemus. Hallelujah. Let's open it. Let's, 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 let's do some study. Matthew chapter 16. I want us to compare the response of Jesus here with that of Nicodemus. Amen. Matthew 16. Alright. Okay, so when, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, who do people say that I am? They were talking with the reference of Nicodemus here. You know, they, some say you are John the Baptist. Pastor Lou said that was funny because it's actually truly funny. When he mentioned it yesterday, I was just like, ah, it's true. It's just like if Pastor Victor is asking, who do people say that I am? And somebody say, people say you are Pastor Fred. And Pastor Fred and Pastor Victor and contemporaries in the same generation. Is that not? I don't know it. Or something. <laughs> do, do we understand? It's not, it's not academic. It's not logical. That's not a good thinking. It's not scientific. Hallelujah. Do, do, we, do we get what we're saying? So some people say you are, you are John the Baptist. Some say 
you are Elijah, others say you are Jeremiah and one of the prophets. But Jesus Christ said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah, the son of the living God. Look at Jesus' response here. Blessed are you. Hallelujah. But then, when Nicodemus came, Jesus' response is totally different. He had to draw the attention from the heresy to the reality. Praise God. Let's go back to John chapter 3. He had to, to draw the attention from the heresy to the reality. And so he, he said that no one can be saved except the person is born again. So who do men say that I am? The knowledge of Nicodemus is one after the flesh. We do not look at men after the flesh and judge correctly. There's no way we can look at people after the flesh and judge correctly. Hallelujah. No, we know man after the flesh. We've known Jesus after the flesh at one time, but we don't know him anymore. Pastor Lou was reading it to us yesterday. We don't know him like that anymore. Because when you keep knowing him like that, you will be wrong. Imagine being wrong for your whole lifetime. God forbid. He's allowed if you are wrong because of the things your parents taught you or the places they took you to. But you shouldn't be wrong for your whole lifetime. It's a sign that you are unserious. Hallelujah. Praise God. We do not look at men after the flesh. Nicodemus said, no one can do this thing. Okay, I, I already mentioned that. The way to sustain the Christian faith is not through signs and wonders. Please write this one down. It's very important. Amen? Amen. I know some of you may not really accept this thing that I'm saying, but it's the fact. The way to sustain the Christian faith is not through signs and wonders. But now, did I say signs and wonders are not good? No. We will do signs and wonders. See, the way to sustain the Christian faith is not through signs and wonders. It is through the preaching of the true gospel. With these, signs and wonders will follow as they did the apostles. Hallelujah. When we preach the gospel, signs and wonders will follow. But when we are seeking signs and wonders, when the only thing we propagate, the only thing we are proud of, you know, the only thing we give testimony of are signs and wonders. We are, we are denying the future generation and we do not know of the gospel of Jesus. Except we now find somebody who is so diligent among them who will now go and take the books and study. Do, do we get what we're saying? So because some of these things we are teaching today, do you know, for a long time, have you asked yourself, why is it that I didn't hear some of these things for a long time? It's because an error of the fathers produced the, the next generation of ignorant people. And that is the truth you must know. Now if you're going to be a father or a mother here, an error from you can give a, a big gap for the understanding of your children, either about the gospel or about life. So, the errors of the fathers produce that gap. And now, some people are going, they are able to commit themselves. They are able to be vulnerable to the word of God and say, no, there's, there's, there's something about God that I don't know. If I'm so inconsistent, if small thing takes me away, you know, if, 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 my, if I am in if I'm in Brazil, I can serve God. Then I'm in America, I cannot serve God. Something is wrong. Hallelujah. Sir? That's environmental Christianity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do, do you understand what we are saying? See, if this knowledge cannot make you serve God acceptably in Afghanistan, as it will make you serve God that acceptably in America, then something is wrong. That's where you know the weakness of the dressing gospel. Praise God. That's when you know the weakness of some of this prosperity gospel. For example, 
is weak because there are some poor people who knows the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've talked about wealth and money, how to make it. Praise God. None of it. We said, I remember, we said that money is not a reward for spirituality. Neither is it a punishment for ungodliness. Amen. So if your gospel is teaching that uh, if you come, you will have money in two years, that's not the gospel. That's a motivational speaking, which we, we are not saying is totally wrong, but if you are bringing it from the premise of what Christ has done, you are wrong. Praise God. Are, are we getting what we are saying right now? This is very important. This is very important. So the way to preserve the gospel, if you truly are care about what Christ has done, is to know the gospel. Know it correctly. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said, a man must be born again. He's talking about the word and no time. That is, you have to be born from above. There's a new kind of being born. It's different from the born. That's why Nicodemus did not answer. No wonder. He said, ah, will I enter my mother's womb? When a child is even come himself, it was hard to come out. Now imagine coming back in as an adult. The guy was confused. Hallelujah. So can we go back to, to John chapter 3? And then let's just continue reading. Amen. So Jesus answered very truly, as from verse 5 I will read. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to, to spirit. Hi, praise God. No wonder, no wonder Paul was saying that we don't have confidence in the flesh. That's not our confidence. Pastor Victor is a learned person. I mean, he's well read. So obviously, by natural trend of life, his daughter or his children are going to be interested in reading because they will see him read. Do we understand? Flesh gives birth to flesh. Is a natural thing. But if a man must be born again, is the work of the spirit. And spirit gives birth to spirit. So it's beyond the physical. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are, are we following? So the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it cometh or from where it goes. So it is the, everyone who is born of the Spirit. And this is an interesting part. It's important. That's why people are against it. Because we are sense-oriented. Pastor Louis mentioning sense knowledge. Hallelujah. We are what? Sense-oriented. Eyes, nose, skin, right? Um, taste, tongue, and hearing. So anything that is beyond that, it's hard for you to believe. Yet, don't forget, yet I said that there are some things that is beyond that, distorted realities that you can do outside of Christ. Have you watched Naruto? You've seen all these movies. They want to create a superhuman reality in your heart. This magic and all these things, they are distorted realities. Do we get what I'm saying? So that is, that is not sense, does not mean it's immediately God. That's another fact we need, we need to know. Praise God. I mean, I, I, I mentioned one time that you don't know God by sense. You know God by revelation. Praise God. By revelation. Say by wisdom, which is revelation. Hallelujah. You know God by revelation. So, the spirit give birth to the spirit. And we cannot depend on our senses alone to know God. 
because, but our senses is important when we study. We have to see. Hallelujah. Our mind is important. We must understand. We must be able to see. That's why we are taking precept upon precept. And if I want to just do something spooky right now, I don't need to be reading. I will not ask you to. We will not project it here for you to see and read by yourself. Hallelujah. Do, do we get what we are saying? So the spirit gives birth to the spirit. How can this be then? Now when your senses cannot explain it, you need to ask a question. How can this be? Hallelujah. How, how can this be? That should be your question. Mary asked the same question of the angel. How can this be? That's the question of vulnerability. That's the question of what? Humility. That's the question of interest. So you ask, how can this be? What? How did it happen? And Jesus Christ explained. And that's what he did. That's what he did from verse 10 to verse 21, which we are going to look at. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's read. Um, before we go there, let me just mention number two. Before we go there and I'll see what it is. How it is that a man is born again. Right? Jesus Christ explained it. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Let's jump very quickly. Let's jump very quickly because this will help me to, we'll still read it, but this will help me to explain this number two. Because number two I wrote, no, no, what is number one? Yes, we must see God correctly. We must see, we must know who Jesus is correctly. Not from the spectacle of senses. Not from the spectacle of just the things he did. Jesus Christ is a human and he lived in a generation. Just like I am human and I live in this generation. There are several things I do, right? That is not the gospel. When I'm, I'm not always preaching the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, yesterday night from the period of around one to this morning, I was sleeping. You understand? At that time, I wasn't preaching the gospel. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So at that time, just like he was mentioning the story and the message. Amen. And this, I, I think I should mention this very quickly because this will help us to understand story and message of the Bible. The, 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 sto the Bible is actually essentially a story of these guys called the Jews. Right? Because some of these things happened there. The gospel was given to them for the world. Hallelujah. So, the people who are receiving it have a story. They have a life they lived. They have the kind of life they are living. But in that life, there are periods and times in which a message is being preached, which is the message of the gospel. Amen? Are we following? Just like we are doing, we all have a life. I, I, am, I am doing a PhD, but doing PhD is not preaching the gospel. Amen. So if they are writing the story of Pastor Victor, for example, if he's going to be canonized. <laughs> you know, he was mentioning the, the wisdom of Solomon, the annals of David. These are stories of the life of these guys. Just like we have biographies, right? Biographies right now. So you can really read more. You know, apart from what the scripture said about David, you can read more, a lot more about David. The same thing of Jesus. There are so many things Jesus Christ did. He read it to us. Huh? That is not recorded in this book. So that means we can read more. But there is a part of Jesus' life that is important. That part of him being the savior of the world. And that's why the gospel had to focus more on that. Even though the gospels recorded some other things that he did. Because the gospel is trying to let us know it's not as if it's wrong. It's not wrong to be able to heal the sick. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, this science shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. It's not wrong to cast out devils. We should cast out devils if we believe in the gospel. Hallelujah. But casting out devils is not the gospel. 
Making men rich is not the gospel. But we can make men rich. Rich in knowledge and wisdom. By our painstaking work of research and writing it out, we can make people rich in understanding of a fact and principle. Do we understand what we are saying? But then that's not the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, so let's, let's, let's go to that verse, um, verse 19. I, I just want to jump and then we'll go to verse 19. Because it's very important for what I want to mention in, part, in number two. Number one is that we must know God correctly. We must know him correctly. And number two is, God is not the source of pain and suffering. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Are we here? God is not the source of what? Some of us cannot say it. Because we've said, we've, we've, re, we've mentioned that God has brought some challenges my way. <laughs> Praise God. God is not the source of pain and suffering. Your dad that is sick or your mom that is sick, God is not the one that made us sick. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to just look at very briefly. Amen. Alright, so, you want to ask then who is the source? Where is the source? Where is it coming from? Hallelujah. Can we read that verse 19? I mean, verse 19. Alright, so I'll read from verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stand condemned already because they have not believed the name of God's one and only Son. Now, who condemns them? Is it God? No, no, no. For what we read, is it God that condemned them? Did you read it? Who condemned them? Did the Bible say God condemned them? It says whoever did not believe is condemned already. See, what God has come to do, right? See, true Christianity is about first the glory of God and then the need of man. Praise God. Because it's from the glory of God that the need of man is met. Hallelujah. Are we getting what we're saying? It's from the glory of God, the person of God. If you understand the person of God, then your need as a man is being met. Glory to God in the highest and to earth be peace. Salvation to all men. Hallelujah. So, it is from the glory of God that our needs are met. It's from the revelation of God that our needs are supplied. Hallelujah. When we understand this fact, then we'll see. Now, it says that men, they are condemned already because they don't believe. So, what is God doing? God is wanting you. God is much more interested in you than you. Hallelujah. So God is the one who is more active in this, in this work. God is more active than you. Every activity that we are encouraging you or advising you to do is not an activity that will save you. Amen. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Every activity that Pastor Costin will shout at you, Pastor Fred will arm it at you, Pastor Victor will say it to you, Pastor Ephraim will whisper it to you. <laughs> you know, all these activities, right? I mean, the active part that we are telling you, they are not the ones that will save you. And we have been very clear about the message. Praise God. Do we get what we are saying? So in the activity, in the work of salvation, the one who is more active is God. 
and he has done it. Hallelujah. He did it alone. He did it by himself. He did it when you were not there. He did it before you were born in sin. So, anyone who did not believe is condemned already. It's not God who condemned the person. So, what condemned the person? What? Who? Because that's, it's from that condemnation that all these other things stem from. Hallelujah. So, let's just open Romans very quickly. We can just finish this point. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. I'm just going to read that and then just look at that. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, very quickly. What is Romans? Let's all read it together. Let's read this one together. One, two, three, four. Let's read it loud now. One, two, three, four. I submit to you that the pains that we have right now is from sin. Praise God. Sin subjects the world to something that God did not want it to experience. God, God wants to give the world his presence. Hallelujah. But sin subjected the world to, to the devil. Sin brought death. That's what it is. And how did sin come? Is it by God? Somebody is asking you, so who created sin? Did you see it now? Who created sin? What kind of man? One man. So, I mean, if you have knowledge of the world, you know. So, who is that one man? Adam. Praise God. Are we following this thing? This is very important because if we can get this, it's easier. Amen. So, sin, the Bible says, came into the world. So, just as sin entered the world through one man. Death through sin. Now, is a... Um, ripple effect. is a vicious circle of error that begin to happen after that. And that's what we are going to look at tomorrow, right? What happened? Why, why is salvation important to man? We said it the other time. If you are seeing men from the flesh, you will not tell, you will not be able to say this man needs salvation. For example, if you see Elon Musk, I'm, I'm, I can bet it with you, you will be trembled by the wealth of his presence, right? But that's wrong. You are seen by the flesh. Is poor when you see correctly. And so he's a temple of idol, like Pastor Lou used to say. This is very important. Yes, he has the money. Good. Money is good. Amen. I'm going to have money. I say this often. I have some now, but it's not enough. <laughs> Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So, but then... That's when you are seen from a wrong spectacle. And that's why I love that scripture where Paul says, our confidence is not in the flesh. Because if our confidence is in the flesh, we are going to be depressed. I was, I was having a conversation with Lorato one time and we are using it as a devotion for ourselves. And I said, our confidence is not in the flesh. For example, if our confidence is in the flesh, the person that we have the highest shoulder here right now, when it comes to academics, is who? Pastor Victor. You know? Because he's... He's, a, he's not just a PhD somebody. Some of us are still, we are still even thinking maybe we should stop the PhD. Sir. <laughs> you understand? But if he needs the PhD, he is now an assistant professor. You understand what I'm trying to say? So uh, he's a scholar. You understand? A super, okay. He's a super scholar. <laughs> Meticulous one. By excellence. You understand what I'm saying? And that is very good. But that is not his confidence. Do you get what we are saying? Our confidence. Now, if our confidence is in the flesh, anywhere Pastor Victor is, 
eh? what will I do? I will, I will feel sad. You understand? You will not, you see Pastor Louis sitting beside him. Pastor Louis is a bloody master soldier. <laughs> do you get what we are saying? So, this is where the family of God is where the flesh is where the flesh is not reckoned with. That's not our confidence. When we are talking about money, if, we, if our confidence is, the, is in the flesh, when somebody who is richer than us comes, we are going to what? Bow down in frustration. And maybe be kissing the leg of the person, give me money or something. I don't know. But then he said, our confidence is not in the flesh. And that's what we see here. Our confidence should not be in the flesh. The knowledge of Christ must be seen. Man must be known. If you, if you don't know man, it's what we'll see tomorrow because this is chaotic. It's a vicious circle, like I said. It's, it's from sin than every other thing. Adam messed up. Hallelujah. Adam did what? He messed up big time. It wasn't a, a small mess. He brought sin and from that window of sin, he brought death. And from that window, what death means basically is corruption and decay. Praise God. The opposite of death is immortality. And that's what Christ gave back to us. Hallelujah. That's the opposite of death. So Adam brought decay and immortality. And so we are subject to sicknesses and diseases right now. Because the world, the whole creation is also, and is also partaking of that pain. The creation. Nature is partaking of the pain. It's not only man that was affected. Are we getting what I'm saying? It's not only man that was affected. Nature is affected. And that's why we seek. That's why we are down. So if somebody is asking you, eh, God is the one who is causing men to sin. No. No. Nature, nature causes us to seek sometimes. Because everything is distorted already. Hallelujah. Death and corruption came through that. Who killed the many people that were killed? Is it God? No. Man did. Hallelujah. Now this is very important, you know, there's a brother on this island that is, he doesn't believe in God and he's always saying no, there's no God, you know. And I, I, I listen to him and the comment he always makes is that the church has deceived you, you know, I became wealthy without, uh, without church and all. Is the reason we ask you to come to church money. Praise God. He has been offended by some pastors. He has been offended by the way they cajole you to bring a lot of money so that you can receive a lot of money. That's not the gospel. And I told him, all this problem you are rendering, they are man's problem. It's not God's problem. It's not the world's problem. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we getting what we're saying? So God is not the source of your suffering and your pain. They came from Adam because Adam introduced sin and sin introduced death and death brought about sickness because death must occur. Are we getting it? For death to occur, you must be weak. For if you are not weak, you cannot die. <laughs> Praise God. Let's not go philosophical. But um, you understand what I'm just trying to say. So, death must occur. Sin came by one man. And death came by that. And by that, death came to all men. And so, this encompasses, I mean, there's no need to be mentioning one after the other. It encompasses all the, mess, all the question of the atheist or the humanist. We, we have some people, we call them humanism. Not all of, I'm, I'm talking of all their questions in the aspect of God killed many people or God caused pain for people. It's a lack of knowledge from the Christian faith that they are holding on to. Pastor Victor is talking about it the other time. One small gap 
right? They can hold it. Just like we're talking about um, quoting other non-canonical scriptures, right? So, quoting non-canonical scriptures is not wrong. He said it. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter where it is quoted. For even Paul, Paul quoted a poet in act. Do you understand what we're saying? So, anything that is true is true. So, when, you are, when there's a gap of knowledge, the opposition or the opposite, or what would I call them now? They will leverage on that. So, but now you know, you know, you know, sin and death is not from God. It's from the activity of man. And that has led us to the vicious circle of errors that we are facing today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright, so for today, let me just conclude like this. There's an urgency. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. There's an urgency of the gospel. There's an urgency of the gospel message that is on right now that we have to subscribe to. And this urgency is lined up in two, uh, in three parts. Number one, because man or men are on the highway to destruction. Amen. See, men are on the highway to what? To destruction. Every man who is not saved by Christ, there's only one way. Under heaven, given to man by which we must be saved. And that's Christ, that's Jesus. So, men are on their highway. The rich, the poor, the strong, the fit and the unfit, the villagers and the metropolitans, they are all on their way to hell if they don't know Jesus. So, are you going to watch this happen? Are you going to just keep your cool or keep your calm and watch this happen? I read a narrative and and the, the, the author was saying that was saying this very quickly. He said that if a war, let's say something unusual happened in a community, in a, in a small community, let's say inside, ah, thank God, COVID-19, some, that's unusual. When it happens in our community, what did we do? There's an urgency of the medical professions to be searching and doing something. So, so also, if, a, if a, a group of people are coming to kill people, in a city, the men will arise. They will not sleep until every boy and every girl and every wife, woman is saved, right? That's when they go to, to go and be saved. But now look at what we are doing. There's an urgency of the gospel and we are sleeping. We know the truth. The only people who can save the world right now is the believers to introduce them the solution to their depravity. But we are not mentioning it. Your uncle is not saved. Your auntie is not saved. You are not mentioning it. That's urgency number one. It's very important that we know that. We cannot but preach the gospel. Urgency number two is the fact that we need to build ourselves up. The tool of our, of our, of our, of our profession is the Bible, right? We must be trained in that, in, that truth, in that tool because that's how we can preach the gospel. Do you know many people are going about saying they're preaching right now but they are preaching heresy? What they are doing is even worse than not preaching at all. They are creating something that is false, that is pseudo, and pseudo is worse than none. If it's not there, I can come and meet the fallow ground and I can tend it. But then if every weed has been planted already, I have to first be removing the weed. I have to first bring a tractor that, that will remove the unwanted tree before I start planting the right seed. Do you understand that? So, there's an urgency of us being trained of the gospel of Jesus. 
That's very important. We have to be trained correctly so that we will not be part of the community of people who do not know the truth and they are speaking heresy. And they are basing our salvation, this great salvation, on dressing. And they are basing our great salvation on money. It's more than that, my brother. The apostles will not give their life for money. They will not. They will not give their life to, for money. But they will give their life for the gospel of Jesus. Some people have committed suicide because they don't have money. How pathetic. How pathetic. If you want to commit suicide at all, it should be because you don't have Christ. Because if you don't commit the suicide, you will still die in hell anyways. You understand? But then why commit suicide when the solution is there? Get to know the gospel. This is an urgency that is important. Be committed. When you are being taught, write down. Go and study it. That is important. This is the second urgency. And the last urgency, I, tell, I said there are three urgencies. Huh? Number one, because men are going to hell. Number two, because we need to be built in the ministry. And the third one is that our world is in dire need of saving. I'm not talking of um, the, pep, the people right now. Um, the individuals. I'm talking of the system generally. Do you know what is happening right now? Young boys are being sold into slavery of, 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 of um, ritual. Why young women are being sold into, into slavery of prostitution? A lot of terrible things happening in our world. What you cannot see some years ago is happening. These are urgencies that we need to begin to tend to. Terrorism everywhere. People poisoning. Can you imagine people deliberately poisoning other people? This is an urgency that we need to tend to. And that's why this training is important. And tomorrow we'll be looking at how can we preach the gospel. Jesus Christ preached the gospel here in John chapter 3. He taught about it. And we're going to look at it because you must preach the gospel correctly. Can we just rise up to our feet and just pray? We'll continue tomorrow. Let's pray, let's pray. Let's just pray, say, Lord Jesus, help me.